We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game betting odds on board, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Welcome to another edition of Dynasty Cast on Rotoviz Radio. I'm your host, Nathan Powell, and I'm here to tell you week eight. Week eight is in the books, and this evening I am not joined by uh, Barack Obama. I am not joined by Donald Trump. I am joined by the president of Dynasty Cast Incorporated, Dan Sanyo. I, does that make you like the king or something? I, 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 uh, I, well, I'm happy to be here. I appreciate the, the introduction. Uh, maybe president of the fan club. Let's go with president of the fan club. Yeah, it's been, it's been, a, it's been a weird, a weird week. Uh, obviously Sunday with another hodgepodge of injuries and then some unfortunate news, uh, today that we'll, we'll cover a little bit as well. But it has been a different, uh, a different football weekend uh, rolling into the start of the week now than we are kind of used to. But we've got some good topics, some sad topics, some hot topics. Not the store, just the topics. And um, yeah, it, it'll be fun to at least chit chat a little bit and try not to make it too depressing. All righty, so we're gonna we're gonna get that news out of the way. Um, you know, immediately. Um, I don't think we're breaking any news on this podcast as people are listening on Wednesday or Thursday. Um, Henry Ruggs on Monday night, Tuesday morning, uh, got into a car accident, um, a suspected DUI, and, uh, you know, killed two people. So, um, just to put it bluntly, um, his career is probably over. Um, So, 
from a dynasty sphere, we're, you know, obviously the, our thoughts and prayers and all those things out to the, the families that were affected. Um, we are going to be talking about it as if Henry Ruggs is no longer a Las Vegas Raider and how that impacts the dynasty value of those players. We don't need to discuss Henry Ruggs' dynasty value. It is 0. 0.0. Um, if he replaces football again, that'll be surprised to everybody, I think, at this stage. Um, so we're going to be moving forward with the Raiders as if Henry Ruggs does not exist on that team anymore because he probably doesn't. Um, any objections there, Dan? No, like like you said, I mean, obviously our, our thoughts go out to the families affected, uh, support decision-making, but we we unfortunately have to move on and try to keep it entertaining and, and not drag our feet. So I, I think the clean move here is is just to kind of look at what exists in this receiving core, whether it's a tight end, whether it's an actual wide receiver, whether it's a running back, and kind of decide what fits best here. You know, Deshaun Jackson was cut today as well. I feel like in the short term, that's more of like a redraft kind of guy. If he happens to go to Vegas, we'll see what that waiver priority looks like. But as of right now, this team is pretty much Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, Brian Edwards, and then you have Kenyon Drake and Josh Zay Jones. Zay Jones. Zay Jones is there. I mean, he's only, he's only had like five or six targets, I think on the entire year. So I'm not, uh, I, I suppose he could slide in with a little bit of a role now, but I do, I do expect them to add somebody, whether it's off of a practice squad, uh, calling one up from their own or, uh, going out and getting Deshaun Jackson. I think, or, the or big... there is John Brown was with them in the off season. And I know they mutually parted ways, but this might cause the Raiders to maybe pay up more for John Brown or, or something along those lines. Yeah. See, I, I would doubt a return there, but you know, maybe, uh, I, I think the big the big news here, honestly, is got to be for Brian Edwards. Uh, he seems to have been kind of cast off into third slash fourth fiddle. Um, you know, H- Henry Ruggs wasn't exactly a, a target hog, but forcing him outside essentially took away Brian Edwards' main role in that offense. Hunter Renfro obviously dominates the slot. And then you also have another big target underneath in Darren Waller that uh, is going to eat most of that work. So uh, Brian Edwards just kind of was in a role that didn't really fit for what Las Vegas does, but now it it opens up an outside spot. I I would like to imagine he is going to find his way to the forefront of this offense. Obviously I I would assume we both still think assuming health that Darren Waller is the number one target in this offense and not Hunter Renfro. Yeah, no, it's definitely Darren Waller. The tricky part about this that, you know, you touched on kind of with the Deshaun Jackson comment, there's no one on that offense that was doing what Henry Ruggs can can do on a football field. And so I don't think that's really going to be, quote unquote, like replaced. I think that it might be supplemented by like, okay, we just have to throw it to Waller more or we just have to, you know, open up to Edwards a little bit more. But there is nobody that does the, you know, 60 yard go route for the touchdown play that we talked about, you know, a month or so ago. Um, so I don't think anybody replaces or even particularly gains value. I just think that the targets end up having to go like the targets, like four or five targets a game end up being split between maybe a couple extra Waller targets, a couple extra Edwards targets, and maybe one or two Renfro's on, on a, on a third down. But there, the, the main, my main point here is that it's just not there. Like there is no rugs replacement unless they go to Sean Jackson, but I don't see why Deshaun Jackson at whatever age he's, he is. Why would he go for play for the Las Vegas Raiders right now? Well, so I, and I was kind of confused by it too. 
Jackson doesn't seem to be after a ring. He seems to be after targets and work. He wants to be that playmaker that he was always in Philadelphia. He's still chasing that. Uh, you know, he believes he still has what he had. Uh, Which it's crazy that they, I didn't know they cut. When you said they cut him, that was the first time I heard it. Um, because Tutu out, not that Tutu out wasn't making a lot of noise, but he's out for the season. So, like, they're running out of wide receivers here, and they, I'm surprised they cut him. Well, they're pretty, you know, I mean, that's about as top heavy as you can get uh, aside from, you know, like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or, or the Pittsburgh Steelers. But uh, they're they're pretty much leaning entirely on Cooper Cup, Robert Woods and Van Jefferson. Uh, and so now you you take Deshaun Jackson out of the equation and we're assuming a lot by putting him in in this equation. It just makes too much sense for someone that clearly isn't caring about a ring or why the hell wouldn't he stay in L.A.? and only wants targets and the recognition as a true pass catcher. So uh, I think it makes sense for him because he could come in here and honestly, right away, be the wide receiver run wide receiver one, because none of these guys have the, the clear cut ability that Deshaun Jackson used to have. I will say, I don't think I've seen that from him in probably a good four years, but it's still in there somewhere. He still seems to think that he's healthy and can do it. The Rams brought him in because they probably thought he was still healthy and could do it. They're just so top heavy that he couldn't find work. So I think if you add him to this equation in the short term, it becomes pretty much boomer bust for everyone in the offense. That's not named Darren Waller uh, long-term. I don't think there's an answer here. You know, that that's unfortunate that that Vegas loses all of that draft capital they put in to get a, a first round wide receiver. Um, and at this point, you just have to chalk that up as, hey, you just missed on a prospect, whether he was going to be good or not. You just have to call it as a miss now. Uh, and I would expect them to probably draft, uh, you know, a, a quote unquote playmaker early in this upcoming draft. So I think this is a downgrade for a car. And I think pretty much everybody else is pretty much lateral. Um, I, I would imagine some efficiency and some, you know, actual quality targets will suffer. Because you like you said, there's nobody taking off the top of the defense the way that Henry Ruggs is taking the top off the defense. Yeah, and I, I will say, going moving over to Carr, I think that the big takeaway here is that his ceiling has precipit precipitously fallen. Like he's not going to have those thirty point games. Not that not that those were happening every week, anyways. But I I feel like he's like chalk it up to like a two hundred and twenty passing yards and a touchdown type you know consistent line that you'll see from him. Yeah, I, I think his ceiling and his floor are, are essentially just a straight line. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's move on to the New Orleans Saints offense. Uh, Jameis Winston, uh, I believe the torn ACL and MCL. Uh, not good for one Jameis Winston. On By the way, I want to go on the record. Um, yes, it by the rule book, it was a horse collar. It was not a horse collar. That was the most baloney horse collar. Did you see the horse collar? You didn't not not. I saw the very end of one highlight, but I didn't see who, how he got pulled down. I just saw his knee go backwards. You know, basically like he had like the his tips of fingers on the bottom of the letters, not a horse color. <laughs> oh, yeah, that doesn't. Um, but anyways, James Winston out for the season. Uh, Taysom Hill, uh, I believe, hasn't gone hasn't uh, cleared concussion protocol yet. But I think that it's kind of expected that he is going to clear concussion protocol by the Saints next game. We've seen it. We saw the New Orleans Saints offense in the Taysom Hill era. Michael Thomas, if you were expecting him to do anything when he comes back, wrong. Not going to happen. <laughs> um, 
this is just going to be an incredibly run heavy offense. And that wasn't even a positive for Kamara last year. Like, you know, we, we saw the struggles that he had outside of the, the, the seven touchdown game or whatever that was. Um, so the, the floor of this new Orleans offense has fallen huge. Uh, the ceiling is probably around where the same place it is outside the wide receivers. Um, but with Winston, uh, you know, I think that this this cooks his dynasty value. I, I don't think that you know you can really get anything you get anything from if you're shopping him on the trade market, even in superflex leagues. Um, so, I mean, I think the main takeaway here is that it's a it's a stock up for for Taysom because Taysom's going to get the starting job, you know, as soon as he's healthy. Um, but the rest of it is murky at best. Yeah, you know, we we like you mentioned, we've seen this offense with Taysom Hill. Um, it's bad. It's, it's one dimensional, uh, as much as you think it may open up some, some different, you know, avenues for the offense versus any kind of defense. The NFL has figured it out, which is why the saints went to Jameis Winston and didn't continue with Taysom Hill, even after his ridiculous extension. Uh, it's going to essentially turn into what Jalen hurts is to, the Philadelphia Eagles and that offense, even though Jalen hurts sometimes look like he kind of can throw Taysom Hill. You may as well blindfold him if you're going to ask him to throw because it's not going to be pretty and it's not going to be on target. Uh, as far as Alvin Kamara goes again, we we've seen those splits outside of that one game. You take that one game out of the equation that you were talking to talking about. And uh, it's pretty awful. Uh, defenses just anticipate everything. And the only touchdowns that occur are through Taysom Hill. So I guess, sure, there's upside in Taysom Hill if you're a Taysom Hill owner. But there's no upside in this offense with Taysom Hill under center. Uh, To be completely honest with you, I would rather them roll out Trevor Simeon. I think that provides more fantasy upside for the entirety of the roster. And honestly, probably gives them a better chance to win. All you have to do is shut down... uh, read option from Taysom Hill. So good luck to the saints. I kind of thought maybe they would dabble in the Deshaun Watson talks a, a tiny bit just because scumbag team gets scumbag thoughts. Yeah, no, that would have been an interesting one, but basically it was pretty clear that the NFL was not touching, um, was not touching him at that, you know, at that standpoint. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right. Let's see. Anything else? Do you, do you, are you also torpedoing any sort of short-term value for Michael Thomas, as I was saying? I got to be honest, I I never even kind of increased his stock as we've gotten closer to a potential return. And with Taysom, I mean, that's that's a that's a floor zero. There is no upside. Uh, Your your only hope is that Philip Rivers comes out of retirement, I suppose. And even that uh, probably isn't going to do a whole lot for you. I guess the other uh, potential good thing, which is not a good thing to hope an injury on somebody, but is that Taysom Hill stays in concussion protocol or gets re-injured in some way and Trevor Simeon takes over. Sure. And who knows even when Michael Thomas is even coming back. I've been hearing he's coming back for like eight weeks now. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right. Let's move on to the Titans. Uh, Derrick Henry is probably out for the season. It seems like there's a chance he returns for the fantasy playoffs weeks 15, 16, 17-ish. Derrick Henry, the Titans signed one Adrian Peterson. Um, uh, as a longtime Darrington Evans fan, I'm just waiting for him to get healthy. I, I'm not actually haven't checked on his health situation, but I think this would be a prime opportunity for him. But until Evans comes back, I think that McNichols is like a mid RB two the rest of the season right now. Well, so the I mean, you you have Evans and you have McNichols, who to me are pretty much the same guy. Neither one of them are, oh, are... just to, just to check in. Evans also out for the season. Perfect. So whether it was McNichols or Evans, neither one of these guys is a between the tackle rusher. These guys are are outside the, you know, the the tackle box making plays in space. To be honest, bringing in Adrian Peterson here is about as perfect of a replacement uh, if you're okay getting like the Kmart brand version of what used to be the Kmart version of Adrian Peterson. <laughs> so it, it comes in to replace the guy that replaced the guy. Um, you got to recall, though, Adrian Peterson's only a couple of years removed from a thousand yard season. Uh, I know that's not saying a whole lot when you get over 200 carries, but he can still do it. This guy is a super freak. The the peak, the prime is unmatched. I know people want to say that that Derrick Henry is this Derrick Henry is that Derrick Henry wishes he had the the tenure, the longevity of one Adrian Peterson. Uh, we'll see if this foot ever grows back into place. Hopefully it does because it has been kind of fun. I, I have zero shares of Derrick Henry. I think we both know that. I will never have a share of Derrick Henry, but it is it has been kind of fun, like reliving the actual power runner 
in an NFL offense that is just pummeling defenders and doing what he pleases. So uh, I don't really think there's a lot of dynasty value in this backfield. I think there's plenty of short-term value. Uh, my main target would be McNichols because uh, like, you know, Nathan, I, I understand that catches are worth more than carries. So I'm always chasing targets, but I think this is just going to mean that the Tennessee Titans lean on, uh, they, they lean on AJ Brown, uh, give him, you know, 75 targets per game and hope that works out. But I do think that Adrian Peterson in the short term has plenty of RB2 upside. Uh, I think you can anticipate probably 12 to 15 carries once he's up to speed. And I would assume yeah. he's in shape because that, that workout lasted about eight minutes. Yeah, yeah that, that's true. But his weekly floor is zero. Granted, it was zero because he wasn't on a team before, but it's still going to be zero now because like, I think that I rarely are, gonna, are they going to start games saying, okay, let's pound the rock with Adrian Peterson. It's going to be like, okay, let's see what Nichols can do out of the backfield with the passing game. And then like, if they get a lead, like, okay, let's see what Peterson's going to do. So I, Peterson is not going into any of my lineups anytime soon. I also don't have him on any teams. I don't think, um, but you know, that's, that's how, where I'm at with Peterson right now. Here's, here's the thing though. So early on, especially they bring in Julio. Obviously they still have AJ Brown. They scheme to stop those guys because NFL teams kind of went along the lines of what you and I were thinking. This team is now built to throw. You don't bring in Julio to be yeah. a decoy. Well, guess what they did? They right. brought in Julio to be a decoy and they ran all over everybody. And now the last few weeks, teams have started to scheme to shut down Derrick Henry and they have shut down Derrick Henry. But then the wide receivers eat. So there's going to be some form of balance. I think defenses are going to work to take away A.J. Brown and anything in the passing game, and they're going to say, hey, you know what? 57-year-old Adrian Peterson, if you can find a hole, good luck. Have at it. Enjoy. I, I think that's honestly going to be the game plan, and I think Adrian Peterson is going to provide some meaningful stats and meaningful production for any contender that's got him. I I'm not going out and trading for him, but if he's still available, if you weren't able to grab him while he was a free agent and stash him with a drop from the KC uh, Giants game, which I did in like 15 leagues because my love for Jarek McKinnon has finally paid off. I was able to drop him and pick up Adrian Peterson in like eight leagues. I think he's got to be your main waiver priority and you're spending like whatever you have left of your fob. And just before we move on from Henry, what would you, what would you buy? What would you sell for if he's on your team right now? Like you said, he's not on your teams. Let's imagine a world where he is. Are you selling for a mid first? You selling for only an early first? Where are we at with Henry? So I think finding someone to move picks for him is tough because he is a 27 year old second contract running back who now no longer has that short term upside of points. Uh, I, I think my goal, if I was a contender, would be to go out and you know look for a, an Austin Eckler or uh, maybe add something and get Nick Chubb. A deal like that where you're getting somebody that's producing, that's got the name recognition, that's got the offensive uh, production and potential, and try to make use of whatever value Derrick Henry has uh, via name, because obviously the points don't matter because they don't exist anymore. Yeah, so somebody asked me today, Henry in a second or AJB, and I said AJB easily. Oh, by a, by a mile. Yeah. All right. Before we head into some Jets talk, uh, Dan's going to go throw up in the corner. Um, I want to talk about <laughs> Rotoviz Radio or Rotoviz and Rotoviz Radio. Um, get your Rotoviz subscription on. Like I said, Black Friday is coming up. Make sure you get Rotoviz subscription, RV Radio 2021, 10% discount, and support the podcast. 
do what you got to do, folks. We appreciate every single one of you listening, watching, even though we don't, you know, record the video. We, but we record the video. You just don't watch it. Maybe we should, you know, put, put it on the YouTube. Um, Rotoviz, RV Radio 2021, 10% discount. Get in on it today, tomorrow, and the next day. All right. Let's wrap up the show with a pair of topics. We have the future, the F-U-T-U-R-E, future, according to Robert Sala, of the Jets offense. He said that Mike White, anything is possible, anything is up in the air, he could be he could be the next starter of the New York Jets. He, he's not. He, Robert Sala is lying to everybody. But, 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 we talk about this all the time. Mike White has now played himself into the Josh McCown, the now Joe Flacco, the, you know, Charlie Batch. Mike White is going to be a backup in the NFL for 12 years because he had one good game in October of 2021. He Kevin Cobbed it. It's pretty, it's pretty special. He threw for 400 yards. Who was, who threw Matt Flynn, the 600 yes. yard Green Bay game, five touchdowns. I'll never forget that. Or maybe it was 700 yards, whatever it was. <laughs> Mike White is immor- has, has made the immortality He's made that stage. I mean, he looked better than Zach Wilson's look so far. And, and I mean, that's not, not saying much. He matched his touchdown production in uh, in about, what, three quarters, four quarters, whatever yeah. it ended up being. Yeah, three, three and a quarter. So, uh, I, you know, I'm so just stay away from this team unless his name is Corey Davis. Uh, you know, you might be able to buy Elijah Moore for cheap. We just really need to hope this this team just, completely overhauls which is really difficult to do in the nfl but whether it's mike white or zach wilson i don't really think i want any shares of either if i was able and fortunate enough to grab a mike white share uh when the in when the zach wilson injury occurred uh, you know just sell it now sell it for a second sell it for a third sell it for whatever somebody's willing to pay up sell it because this is as much value as he will ever have. Yeah. I, I mean, unless you are a contender and just need a bi-week fill-in, like, I'm, I'd am i rather just have that than a third burst thing. But I, but I got to be honest, Nathan, are you ever – whatever you have, those points aren't worth the value you could potentially get. If you but a third-round pick value does a third-round pick have? If you have to start Mike White, you are not a contender. Let's be clear on that. But if you could get, if somebody's dumb enough to give you a second, you can flip that second for like an, you know, whatever. Go get like Adam Thielen or, you know, somebody like that that's going to provide actual meaningful points at a position where you truly need them. Mike White isn't going to be starting for contenders. If you win a championship with, here's the deal. You won a championship with Mike White this year, DM me, I'll pay for your league next year. Anything up to like $100, okay? Uh, No one's winning a title with Mike White. So not on the roster. You have to be starting him. Anyways, um, I, you know, short term, obviously, I don't think anything changes. Long term, I don't think anything changes here. Maybe they sit Zach Wilson down for a little bit, knowing they have somebody competent enough to be able to run the offense and let Wilson learn from from the sideline because being on the field clearly hasn't helped. He has yeah, looked no. atrocious. I mean, you know me. I, I advocate 24-7 for always, you know, Learning through play, not learning through the sideline. Learning through play has not been working for Zach Wilson. No, bad. It's bad. <laughs> All right. Uh, now, another guy who is apparently Ladanian Tomlinson 2.0, uh, Michael Carter of the New York Jets. Um, he has 23 targets in the last 
two games, 17 uh, receptions in the last two games, and over 150 receiving yards in the last two games total. Uh, who would have thought Michael Carter receiving threat and also had his best game of his career on the on the ground with seven seven rushing yards and a touchdown. I know we hate the third day running backs. I know we thought he was overvalued throughout the offseason process, but looking pretty good the last couple of weeks. Like, are you buying in at all or is this a good sell high? And if it's a sell high, like what can you sell for? See, he's again, one of those players where most of the time the owner that liked him in the pre-draft process and then thought, wow, the New York Jets, that's a good landing spot is probably the owner that has them in every single league. Michael Carter is one of those guys where I don't see a great running back, but I, I see somebody that can work fine in space. I, I didn't like the way I love the profile, but we see plenty of these kinds of guys that just show up and just stick around for a long time, specifically with the Jets. You think back to like, uh, I mean, Bilal Powell, um, Matt Forte for a little bit. Jets make use of Ladanian Tomlinson. Ladanian Tomlinson. <laughs> they make use of just random running backs all of the time. It, it, this isn't anything new. Obviously, that changes with you know with, with front offices and whatnot. But I, I see him more as as someone that needs to be outside. Something provided for him. I feel like he's not great between the tackles. He his vision. It, it, for me, at least from what I remember watching in the pre-draft process was uh, shaky at best. If the lane's not there, he can't find anything else. And even sometimes he couldn't find the lane when it was there. Um, and the, the I, I, it's weird because and for somebody that I feel like is better in space, he's not exactly fast. Uh, but I, I mean, he he's OK. He's definitely, you know, kind of providing providing the points here. I think all of his upside is in that passing game. Like you mentioned, he's, he's been getting some targets and, and having better games. Uh, but as far as between the tackles goes, as his his work has kind of ramped up outside of this game, he's been uh, pretty bad against some very mediocre rush defenses. And, uh, you know, I, I'm probably not going to be able to buy for anything I would be willing to buy for. Because like I said, the, the owner that liked Michael Carter is probably the person that still has them because he drafted him. Yep, that makes some sense. Speaking of the person having him, drafting him, yada, yada, yada. Justin Fields. I liked him a lot, didn't get a lot of him. I might have zero Justin Fields. And I might be regretting not trying to buy low, even though there was never really a buy low window, because Justin Fields had the best game of his of his young career for Justin Fields this past week. So what were you what were your thoughts on his hundred yard rushing performance? Still we're still working on the passing game, Dan. We're still trying to figure out that he has Allen Robinson, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. <laughs> he, he has that kind of throw to it. Does he even use them? Well, the the way the offense is built isn't exactly favorable to to one Justin Fields. I will say uh this week, and honestly, as as bad as the game was uh last week, I think he learned something from getting absolutely throttled by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and put it into play against San Francisco 49ers, because this was really the one time I, I thought he was comfortable back there. Even, even when getting forced out of the pocket or forced to scramble, um, he looked composed. He made some good throws on the run. Uh, obviously not exactly, you know, putting up monster numbers, but he's doing it with his legs. And, and that's kind of what we hoped for. Um, my, 
you know, the, the great thing here, if we can get there, is like some weird combination of Russell Wilson and Cam Newton. Uh, I don't ever think we're going to get a lot of volume here, uh, especially if David Montgomery is healthy. I feel like this team is built to run and play defense, uh, especially in the short term. But uh, that that hasn't exactly been been working out for them. I think they're what like three and five, uh, maybe maybe something like that. Anyways, um, I, I do th- still think Justin Fields is an NFL quarterback and will have a a decent, if not strong, career. Um, chasing that rushing upside is is something that kind of has just become second nature for for most fantasy players. Uh, if you're if one of your QBs can't get up, uh, you know, rushing yards, you're probably not doing a whole lot unless you have a uh, Terminator that is Tom Brady. So I do think Justin Fields will grow as a thrower, figuring out the timing, figuring out the pace of the game. But it's exciting to see him be explosive with his legs as well. Yeah, and hope Matt Nagy gets healthy and all that. But I hope that he just lets. I, I hope he lets whoever was coaching uh, against the Niners just do all the coaching. <laughs> I think um, he can just be fired. Let's go with fired. It's not very nice, Daniel. <laughs> That's, well, this you know this episode started out sad. Let's finish it sad. Just get rid of Nagy. <laughs> fire the guy. Let Fields call the plays. Do whatever he was doing at Ohio State because that worked. Alrighty, that should wrap us up for this evening. Make sure to rate, review, subscribe. Promo code RV Radio twenty twenty one. Support the podcast. Do what you gotta do. We appreciate you. We love you. We'll talk to you next week. Any last words, Dan? Hit him with the outro. Call the. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.